Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of As the Garden Grows, a research-based horticultural podcast. My name is Ariel Whiteley-Knoll, and it's been a while. (laughs) It has been a while since I have recorded a podcast episode. My deepest apologies. Essentially, I took a little bit of a break from the podcast. Um, I had begun this project as an extension of some of my work. And then I switched jobs. And anyone that has switched jobs knows that that comes with a lot more than just changing where you go every day. Um, A different schedule, different people I'm working with, different responsibilities. And this kind of effort that I had begun for my last job really isn't part of my job, not in the same way. And so I wasn't sure if I wanted to continue it. Um, But I am here with you tonight for a really important reason. And that reason is I got kind of (laughs) mad. I am a horticulturalist by trade. That is my degree. My bachelor's degree from K-State is in horticulture. And I'm part of a lot of social media groups, a lot of Facebook groups on gardening. And I saw a post in one today that just really boiled my blood. Um, The post was about moles. Obviously, I'm sure that you guessed that, knowing the title of this episode. But the misinformation was so rampant and so harmful. And I'll tell you about some of that, some of the things people were saying they had done or suggesting other people do that just really upset me. Um, And as I was sitting there thinking about it, I was thinking, what can I do other than comment on the post, which of course I did. I left like 10 comments on the post. I'm sure that author really appreciated it. But I thought I thought about this podcast and I thought about the reason I wanted to start it was to spread research based information on common gardening topics. And so I felt the need to start it up again. So like so many of my good ideas and some of my very bad ideas, This is totally on a whim that I am restarting the podcast, keeping the name, um, doing a little bit of a different look because I am no longer an extension agent. This is Ariel Whiteley Knoll, just the opinionated person that I am sitting in my basement at home, um, making this podcast, still using the same quality research that I did before because I think it matters. And I think it's really important that we do things the right way, the way that's effective and the way that takes into consideration so many other factors like the environment, like nature and wildlife. So without further ado, let's talk a little bit about moles. So this really unfortunate Facebook post that I saw today, of course, was somebody complaining about having moles in their yard, um, you know, creating tunnels and hills and what a problem that was and the things that this person said that they had been doing. They said that they had been pouring castor oil down the hole where the moles were. They said that they had been putting um, a small engine near the hole and then using a pipe to pump exhaust into the mole hole. And if that wasn't bad enough, this person described having a half acre of property And over the course of several years, dumping more than 10 gallons of motor oil in the ground to eradicate moles. 
if anything, you are probably torturing these poor animals. Um, motor oil, castor oil, you know, small engine exhaust. None of those are good things for the moles, but they're not effective at controlling them either. And no recommended control is going to involve, I just, I don't even know where to start with these things. But then you think about the things that you want in your yard, the beneficial insects and the other, you know, vertebrates. Maybe they're not all desirable. Maybe some of them are rodents or, you know, amphibians, snakes and lizards and things like that, birds. Um, but to be dumping motor oil and, and doing these things. So absolutely do not recommend any of those practices. But the comment section reflected the same level of knowledge. Um, actually, shockingly, several other people mentioned the motor oil method. I don't know where that, I've never heard that before. I don't know where that got started, but please, please do not dump motor oil outside for any reason. That's just horrible pollution for our waters, for our soils. Don't do that. But I did see some common responses in the comments, some things that I recognized. Juicy fruit gum is one that will always crack me up. Um, if moles were consumers of candy, maybe juicy fruit gum would have some impact on them. But as they are not, it does nothing. <laughs> uh, there's no evidence to show that moles have ever consumed juicy fruit gum or that it has any, um, any kind of effect on them. I feel like maybe that was started by a candy company so that people would buy more gum. I, I don't know, but that is not effective. Also the baited and poisoned worms, you can kind of see them in a hardware store. They're like these gummy like worms that are supposed to be poison and you put them in the mole hole and the mole eats them and dies. Again, if the mole were to eat those gummy worms, they probably would die. There's probably enough poison in there that they would die. But moles are really intelligent animals and they know what they want and they want prey that moves around, something that they have to burrow and look for. Um, they don't have very good vision and so they actually work a lot off of vibrations through the soil and so those gummy worms and baits are not proven to be effective. So any kind of toxicant or poison those are going to be very, very difficult to have any kind of kill at all because the moles aren't going to eat them. Repellents are also really commonly labeled for moles. There is no research that indicates that repellents are effective. There are fumigants, um, which are a toxicant that's placed into the mole tunnel, and those can be effective. Now, when I say a fumigant, I am talking about a chemical manufactured to kill animals or to kill moles, not using a small engine. And those are almost all, I'm not aware of any, that are not restricted use pesticides. So they are almost all restricted use pesticides, which means that they require a licensed technician to apply. This is not something you can buy at Walmart. This is not something that you can just get and use on your own. This is going to require you hiring an exterminator in order to use. So fumigants can be effective. Again, I would caution you to think about non-targets, um, what other animals or insects or soil life might be impacted by that, but you're going to have to hire somebody to use it. Those are some of the things I was seeing and just some bizarre, just sort of bizarre comments on the post. A lot of people suggested 
getting a cat or getting a dog to eradicate the moles. And again, if you have a good pet that's, you know, I, I used to have a cat that was really good at digging up moles, but every cat I've had since hasn't. So as far as effectiveness goes, um, while I would certainly encourage you to adopt from your local shelter, I'm not going to say that every cat and every dog is going to be good at digging up moles. And also think about that damage. Do you want a little Jack Russell Terrier digging all these moles out of your yard? Because that's also going to be unsightly. That's also going to create holes and divots and things like that. So those are some of the really common things that I have seen that are really ineffective when it comes to controlling moles. So let's talk about the effective way to control moles. Traps are the most successful and the most practical way to remove moles when they're properly placed. So there's a few kinds, typically scissor jawed, harpoon or Nash style traps are commonly used. And those names kind of paint a picture <laughs> as to what exactly they do. They're all spring released similar to a mouse trap. They don't operate like a mouse trap, but it's a similar concept. So the complaint I always heard as an extension agent with traps is that they are ineffective. And the trick with traps is you have to find the right run, you have to set them properly, and you have to check them often. So those are the three things to be really successful with traps. So when we're talking about the location of traps, you have to find a tunnel that the moles are currently using. Moles, as they feed in your yard or in your property, they're going to create kind of serpentine paths, and those are their feeding tunnels. So these straight tunnels are tunnels that the mole is using regularly. Many times they can be along fences, along maybe the perimeter of your home or near a sidewalk. It's not an exactly straight tunnel all the time, but it's typically much more straight than those daily feeding tunnels. And so a really good way before you're even going to set your trap to figure out where these tunnels are is to just step. And when I say step, I mean a really small step on a portion of that tunnel just to collapse it down a little bit. Now that I would recommend marking it with a flag or a turned over pot or something so you remember where it is. Wait a few days and then revisit that spot to see if it's been repaired. If the mole has repaired this section of the tunnel, that means that they're using it often and this is going to be a really good place to set a trap. If you notice that portion of the tunnel has not been repaired, that's going to be an indication that this is an abandoned tunnel for one reason or another, and it's not going to be a good place to set a trap. You want to set the trap where the mole is going to visit regularly so that you can have good success. So that's how to determine the location of the tunnel. The next thing is to make sure that you are following the directions of the trap really specifically. So the most important thing, any trap that you're purchasing, follow those directions. Read them carefully, look at the diagrams, and follow it because each is going to be slightly different. Is In order to set the trap, you have to collapse a portion of the tunnel. And the theory, the reason that the traps work, is that the mole comes along to repair it, that vibration of them repairing it snaps the trap, and that's what kills the mole. Well, if you collapse too large of a section of the tunnel, which is really easy to do, moles are actually a lot smaller than than we think based on their burrowing. If you collapse too large of a section, the mole is going to come along to try to repair it. The trap is going to trigger 
And then the mole is going to be unharmed. The mole is going to be several inches away from where the trap released. So think of, and again, follow the traps instructions specifically, but when you're collapsing part of the tunnel, think of a karate chop motion just with the side of your palm. That's about the amount that you are trying to depress the tunnel. If you step even with just the toe of your boot, that's going to be too wide. Moles are very small. We only want them to get into that area, do a little bit of digging, and then they're going to go ahead and release that trap. So collapse only a very small portion of the tunnel, keep an eye on it, look to see if that trap has released, and then continue to look for active tunnels and reset the trap. Even with this method of depressing only a small portion of the tunnel, you may have several failed attempts before you're able to actually kill a mole. And most of the time you're not going to see it. These traps do kill the animal underground. Um, you may want to dig it up just to see if you were effective, but you certainly don't have to. But you still may have to try several times to be effective. The other thing to consider is you probably have a lot of moles. Um, where there is one mole, there are usually several. They love a nice sandy, loamy soil. They really don't care for that hard, compacted clay. So if you have an area that's suitable for moles, it's likely that you have more than one. And so you may get success, continue to set the traps. When you stop seeing new tunnels, when you stop seeing just mole activity in general in the area, you can stop setting the traps and it's a good indication that you have taking care of the moles for that area. Some people do rent the traps. I would recommend purchasing one if this is a problem that you've had because it's entirely likely that you will remove all of the moles for one season or for a couple years, and then you're going to get more. And that's another aspect that I wanted to talk about. The reason that you may get more moles later after you've removed them is because moles are wildlife in Kansas. Moles can be a really great indication of a healthy soil. It means you have a lot of insects in your soil. It's nice and loose. And so if you get a lot of moles, it's kind of cool. <laughs> I know that's not like a popular opinion, especially with our Americana front lawns of tall fescue that have to be absolutely perfect so that our neighbors don't judge us. But if you have a bigger property, if you live in a place where you can tolerate some mole tunnels, let them be. They are an important part of our ecosystem. They have a job to do just like everybody else. And, you know, as difficult as it is to eradicate them, if, if it were me, if it were my yard, I would leave them. So just another factor to consider when we're talking about effective control, just leaving the moles alone is a valid option. And one more thing I forgot to mention when we were talking about um, control methods that didn't work is a lot of people think that you can treat for grubs. That if you treat for grubs and you kill all the grubs in your yard, that's going to mean that you don't have any more moles. You guessed it, this is not effective. For one, there are other things that moles eat. They will eat other insects, they will eat earthworms. They don't really consume plants. Typically when we're seeing plants die, it's because the mole, moles have sort of pushed up the roots and, and those plants or the section of turf grass has dried out, but they do eat a lot of different insects. And so getting rid of the grubs is not going to get rid of your mole problem. It will make it worse. <laughs> so if you have a nice family of moles living in your yard and you get rid of all the grubs, 
they still have to feed their kids. They still have to eat dinner and they are going to dig a lot more in order to make that happen. So if you think that getting rid of the grubs is going to make your problem better, the reality is it is likely going to make it worse. So it is another example of something not to do. And finally, just to conclude this episode, um, this isn't really something that I hear people saying with moles, but I just want to mention it in case anybody gets the idea. I hear it a lot more with raccoons and possums and above ground critters. Relocation is not a good idea when it comes to wildlife. First of all, trapping is illegal for many, many species. And if you do not have the landowner's permission where you are going to dump this animal, because that's exactly what you're doing. If you take an animal from your property and you take it elsewhere, you are dumping a wild animal. That is illegal as well. You can't just take a raccoon or a possum or a mole and go throw it on to a property out in the country. And this includes parks and city-owned spaces and county-owned spaces. You can't dump animals. But if you're looking for a humane option, that's not it either. Animals that are dumped, you are putting them in a place where they do not likely have the habitat they need. They don't know where the predators are. They don't know where the food or the shelter is. You may be putting them into the territory of a same of an animal of their same species that they will come into contact with in a negative way. So if you think that it's humane to trap and release, it really isn't only qualified wildlife rehabilitators should be doing that. And they know the rules and they know how to do it. Otherwise, you're really just causing probably a painful starvation um, for that animal, not to mention many wild species, once they're trapped, do die just from the stress of it. So if that was an option, you like I said, I've never heard of anybody doing that with moles. Groundhogs is another one I do hear people try to do that with but it's just really not a good option. I so appreciate all of you joining me again after my long hiatus, uh, but I hope you have enjoyed this episode. I will be better about finding things to share with you all. I will not wait for a Facebook post to get me all riled up, but I so appreciate your time. I will make sure to link the K-State Research and Extension Mole publication, my personal favorite publication on the topic in the show notes. So if you wanna learn more about moles, including more about their life cycle and just what cool little animals they are, please make sure to check that out. This is a new venture for me, taking this podcast in a different direction. I hope you have enjoyed it. Please let me know what you think. Make sure to like and subscribe if you haven't already and share it with a friend. If you know somebody that is not always following the best methods or maybe just enjoys gardening and wants to do it differently or a bit better, I would love if you shared it with them. Thank you all so much, and I'll see you next time. 